Hey all, and welcome to ChapterWise, where I take public domain or other authorized use works of fiction and narrate them for you one chapter at a time. If you like what you hear, please follow my channel. If you love what you hear, please consider supporting my channel. I try to upload new chapters three or four times a week. John T. Maynard's He Is Not Mine, The Problem of Fallen Paladins The noble woman came to the inn, a seedy dive frequented by scum, with nothing less than terror in her heart. Driven by a despair so absolute that the various terrible fates suggested by the leers of the many and varied forms of... I don't think any race would be happy to claim any of them that frequented the vulgar unicorn. No, the fate that loomed before her was surely worse than that. There was one here, one figure so dark that even the shadow that hung over her would quail before it. The man, for man he was, wore black dragon scale armor and knives. She counted seven that she could see. There was a mace on the table before him, the blood and brains on it still wet. She looked behind her at the pillar and saw a matching spray moving up from a dent in the yard-thick pillar. Looking at the ground, she observed drag marks leading from the pillar to the door to the back, as if something larger than man-size had been dragged away. Every eye in the vulgar unicorn was not on the dark man. But they walked a perimeter around the dark man as a room of rats would track but never risk drawing the attention of the wolf sharing the room with them. The man's face was branded with the mark of Kali, the dark god of assassins. His blue eyes were shards of lightning, a trapped storm beneath coal-black brows awaiting only the license to free themselves in the violence for which they were forged. He sipped milk. The noblewoman moved forward hesitantly. She spoke softly. I was told by the guild that there was a man here who would help me with my problems. I am in trouble and I need help. Behind her, someone laughed, and the dark man moved so fast she missed it. One second his right hand held a mug of milk, and the next it was in his left hand and the right arm was extended. There was a scream behind her that faded into a whimper, then a plop. A large splash of milk had been blasted into the air when he shifted the mug of milk from hand to hand, and it fell perfectly centered into the dark man's mug without spilling a drop. Placing the mug on the table, he rose and moved past the noblewoman to where the man who had laughed was pinned to the wall by the dagger that punched through his ear and wedged into the soot and grime-covered wall. Pulling the dagger from the man's ear, the dark-armored assassin wiped the knife clean on the man's nose and tapped it gently as he spoke. You should be careful, Kinslayer Focht. Your ears seem to catch troubles and conversations that are not yours. I doubt such a mistake could be survived twice. Moving back to his table, he pulled out the other seat from the table and gestured for the lady to sit. He seated her with a grace that any courtier would be proud to claim, yet the flash she caught of his face was one of soul-deep bitterness and self-hatred. 
the face of a man who hated so very hard the only reason he wasn't dead, as all his attempts to get himself killed resulted in rivers of blood and piles of corpses. If you want someone saved, see the temple. A paladin will be glad to defend your honor, your house, and your life. I am the Unforgiven. I kill for coin. Speak the name of the dead man and I will give him to his fate. I swear by Kali, crime lord or king, mage or magistrate. Speak a name and he will be dead. The noblewoman cast her head down. I cannot go to the temple, sir. I am of a noble house, it is true, but the house of Chass is but a barony, and it is the son of the king who has decided I am to be his. Not even his wife, just a passing fancy. My brother objected, and the next night he was torn apart by what I am told were pit fiends. The temple answers to the king and will not stand against the crown prince. No one will. She cast her head down, awaiting the empty words of comfort that were all anyone, knight or priest, mage or mercenary, had been willing to offer. What she got was harsh, cold, and hungry. I am the Unforgiven. Give me a coin, a name, and I will return to the killing. The noblewoman looked up, into the blazing pits of lightning that burned from the shadows that passed for his eyes. His hands trembled with the need for violence, so thick that everyone in the bar had stopped moving, many stopped even breathing. Crown Prince Iago. She spoke softly, pushing over a bag of coins. He dumped the purse and took the single smallest coin from the pile. He rose. I have taken coin. He gestured to her. Take what is left and return home. I will bring you his head by morning. She bolted from the vulgar unicorn as if hell was chasing her. Normally the movement of prey would have drawn the jackals of the unicorn for a quick throat slicing, but the unforgiven had taken coin, and hell would be wise to avoid walking this night. In the heavens, Kali, blue-bodied, many-armed goddess of murder, the demon-eater, the devourer, Goddess of the cult of Thugi assassins, swore so foully that nearby trees decayed and rotted into sludge simply from the vibrations of her enraged voice. He is not mine, Kali swore. Durga, goddess of justice and mother of the world, continued knitting with four of her arms, and the other two shrugged and patted Kalima, the black earth mother, gently. He bears your brand. He kills for money. He prays to you all the time. He is yours, according to him. Kali turned to Durga, and a rumel flashed, the strangling cloth reaching for the All-Mother's throat, and being caught, neatly folded, and handed back by Durga. Durga laughed softly. Kali spoke again, her voice falling into a sing-song that was oddly melodious, a dark sensuality and hunger that explained the allure of the night and the dark. He was yours first, your paladin, your shining hero. But he failed, yes. He was used, yes. He killed and killed without question, 
until he finally realized those he slaughtered committed only the crime of being in the way, and that his temple, your temple, had taken gold to send him to do it. Durga wept. The tears fell as blood from her eyes and fell as rubies to the ground. He has called himself unforgiven since that day. He swore he was no paladin, broke his holy sword, and cast aside his armor. From that day forth he has never prayed to me again. He swore himself no better than a hired killer, then promised to at least be faithful to that. Durga looked wistful. Kali sneered. Drama queen. Durga shrugged. Paladin. They both nodded. Same thing, really. Kali looked down and muttered, But he is not mine. The Mortal Realm Half a dozen footpads closed on the noblewoman. Their clothes marked them as commoners, but they wore them with the unfamiliarity of bad costumes. They moved like trained knights, and one bore the crossed belts of a fighting mage. They closed upon her like the closing jaws of a trap. They had been sent to bring her in and were angered to have lost her in the slums. The mage cast a spell, and she fell bonelessly, as sleep took her and half a dozen people in the street. The guards in street clothes closed on her like the trained elites they were. Behind them came two powerful, wet sounds. The two men holding the noblewoman looked back as the other three drew swords. There was a cloaked shadow standing in the street above what used to be their mage. His head was unrecognizable pulp, and from the hood of his killer, only the wide white grin of a wolf flashed. The leader of the royal knights drew his sword, magic played along the blade, and he moved with the grace of a true lord of war. His men fanned out around him like the elite of the royal guard that they were. Armor or no, there was nothing that lived they feared to face with the blade. This is none of your concern, citizen. This is royal business. Move along and forget what you saw here. Low laughter sounded from the hooded man. You made one mistake, Captain. I am the Unforgiven, and I have taken coin. While the captain tried to decide if that should mean something, the Unforgiven began killing. The captain's blade was a cursed plague-bearer, and he rammed it home into the Unforgiven's thigh as the man drove between the two men holding the noblewoman. He struck left and right in a blur too fast to follow. His men fell like pole-axed steers, but the captain knew the fight was over. Disease would be running through the dark man like a river of death. Nothing living could stand against that hell-forged blade. His prince had received it from one of the infernal lords himself. The man moved fast, not quite inhumanly fast, but with a brutal economy of motion that was somehow more terrifying because it seemed like he should be able to block him, should be able to strike him, but he just wasn't quite fast enough. Three times the captain struck him with the plague-bearing blade, but the stranger ignored him all the while killing his men. At last the captain stood alone, raising the hell-forged blade against the killer who bore down on him. Kali, eat your soul. The Unforgiven spoke, like a judge pronouncing sentence, like a priest at sacrifice, not like a warrior fighting for his life. 
The mace seemed to draw the knight about it as it fell, and the hell-forged steel shattered when the mace came down. Feeling his ribs crush, blood filling his lungs, and death's cold seeping into him, the captain asked his last question. The plague-bearer struck you clean three times, maybe four. How are you not dead? It was forged in hell. How did you break it? Leaning down, the man threw his hood back and showed the brand of Kali on his head. I am sworn to Kali. I am the Unforgiven, and I have taken coin. Until I have killed, I cannot be stopped. In heaven. He is not mine, Kali swore. Look at it. Blood everywhere. My Thugi kill without blood. Stranglers, poisoners, the silent knife in the heart. They kill in silence, without blood. For the blood belongs only to me. He is not mine. Besides, I don't give immunity to disease. That is a paladin thing. Durga smiled and continued knitting. He calls himself unforgiven. I never said that. Besides, I didn't break that hell-forged blade. None of mine get to shatter a devil-forged weapon just because they scream my name when they bash someone. Kali smiled. Her forked tongue flashed hungrily over sharp fangs. The lords of hell should tremble before me, and their minions should weep with fear at my shadow. Maybe he isn't completely useless. I am not turning down his offering. The Mortal Realm The castle was in an uproar and on fire. There had been devils from the pits, wizards, and elite troops all unleashing their most savage attacks on what was claimed to have been only one man. One man who was wreathed in shadows and blood, who stalked through armored men like a tiger among lapdogs. Broken knights littered the stairwells. Two mages lay broken, their spells literally shattered by the black iron mace that went on to shatter their skulls and chests. Magic would not slow or bind him, rarely even seemed to strike him, and he ignored wounds that should have killed anything remotely human. Two pit fiends with whips of flame barred his path, summoning lesser devils to fight for them. They shook in fear, as with the roar of the Eater of Devil's name, he banished them back to hell with a wave of his blood-spattered mace. One fled back to hell as the second died. The black dragon scale armor flowed with blood and gaped with rents from claw and whip, but the unforgiven kept coming. The crown prince stood in regal disdain behind a wall of force and laughed at the battered and near-crippled man before him. You think you can touch me? Do you know who I am? I am Crown Prince Iago of the Royal Blood. All who exist in this kingdom are mine. The Unforgiven smiled and reached into his pocket. A bloodied, trembling hand pulled out a single, small gold coin. He flipped it in the air and caught it again. Perhaps. The Unforgiven spoke. But I have taken coin. He flipped the coin into the air, and when it struck the wall of force, the Unforgiven struck it with his mace, screaming, Collie, eat your soul! 
The wall of force shattered in ten blows of the mace. So did the skull of the crown prince. In another ten, the unforgiven stopped pounding. The noblewoman woke with a start in her own bed. The floor was covered in blood, and there was a shapeless mass of bone, brain, teeth, and hair in a bucket beside the bed. On the nightstand was a hand, severed neatly as if by a butcher's knife. That hand bore the signet ring of the crown prince. Beside it was one bent and bloodied gold coin on a note. The head is not in recognizable condition. My commission is unfulfilled. Your coin is returned. It was signed with the burned brand of Kali, the same born on the forehead of the unforgiven. In heaven. He is not mine, Kali raged. He really seems to think so. I mean, he was really vocal about it there at the end. Durga smiled, pouring tea for both of them. That was nice. Those who truck with demon or devil should fear my name. But he is one of your tame lapdogs underneath, whatever he said. Kelly muttered, slicing the cake for both of them. Still, he kills for money. That is kind of your thing. Durga offered gently. He gave the money back, shouted Kali, shaking with rage. Durga waited until the demon goddess was under control again and offered softly. The head really wasn't in very good condition when he returned it, though, was it? Durga said. They shared a laugh. Kali sipped her tea. Drama queens, she mocked. Paladins, Durga agreed. They looked down on the mortal world where a weeping blood-covered man turned again from the temple of Durga he knew himself unfit to enter. Returning to his own hovel, he placed his mace and his knives on the altar of Kali. He washed his weapons and prayed. He was no more than a killer for hire. He would be worthy of his coin. If that is all he was to be, he would at least be the best. He isn't totally useless, Kali offered quietly. Durga pretended not to notice her smile. That's it for today's chapter, everyone. Thanks for coming along on the ride. If you enjoyed what you've heard, please consider supporting my channel. And as always, whatever platform you're listening on, just know that I deeply appreciate the time you spend with me here. Please don't forget to like and subscribe. See you next time.